न तो मामिजानते being totally devoted to me, looking upon me as a very self, Maam Chintayantaha, all the time thinking about me, Ye Janaha Maam Paryupasate, those devotees of mine who worship me in every way, Tesham Nityabhyuktanam, Sit Chintayantaha, which means that their mind always focused upon me. Paryupasate, they all the time serve me, worship me, that means their actions are also centered on me. Ananyaha, they are, they know themselves is not separate from me, therefore the knowledge also is. connected to me, yukta, join with me, connected to me, because the Rumi is their very self, yoga kshemam vahamiham, the yoga and kshema aham vahami, I carry, I take care of their yoga and kshema, which means I provide them whatever they need and I protect whatever they have. That's a minor thing. A bhakta doesn't even care whether his yoga kshema is taken care of. This is for us, that is being told. Because one may be worried, what will happen to me and what will happen? These are always concerned. What will happen to me if I totally dedicate myself to, to worship of God? What will happen to me? Lord Krishna says, don't worry, I'll take care of you. A bhakta doesn't even care whether yoga kshema is taken care of or not. Whether he gets what he needs or protective what is protected, he doesn't care. He doesn't even want the Lord to take any trouble for him. There have been the devotees who do not want the Lord to take any trouble for them. Just to tell you one or two stories, uh, it seems that Tulsidas, you know, who was a great devotee of Lord Rama, was once visiting Vrindavan where Surdas, who was a great devotee of Lord Krishna, was there. So, uh, both of them were sitting on a dais, perhaps satsang may be going on, a number of people were sitting there, and all of a sudden, there was a rumor that, run away, come on! You know, a, a, a mad elephant is coming, so run away. Everybody ran away, including Surdas. Surdas was a blind, blind devotee of the Lord. He also quietly left that dais and then hid himself someplace. Only Tulsidas he said that. It turned out that this was merely a rumor and there was no real elephant and everybody finally came back and took their places. And the Surdasi also quietly came into his place on the dais and Tulsidasi asked him, making a little fun of him, is it all? Isn't the trust that you have in God? Did you not realize that, that don't you realize that he would protect you? Meaning thereby, see how I kept sitting here, I knew that God would protect me. Surdasi says, well, as long as I can protect myself, I don't want to give him trouble. And so if I can do something, why should I give him trouble? Even what Tulsidas, he also had said, it's once upon a time, it seems people brought a lot of things to him. So in his kutia, in his hut, there must be some various things were there, perhaps, which the devotees may have brought. And one night, it seems thieves came to steal those things. 
and the thieves found two young boys with bow and arrow protecting that kutia. And they say, oh, this hut is protected by somebody. So they went away. You know who they were? They were none other Rama and Lakshmana. They came because Yogakshemam Vahamyam. I must protect what my devotee has. Next day Tulsi came to know that, oh ho, Lord himself came to, you know, to protect me. Oh, he had to take the trouble of coming here? For what reason? Oh, because I had this stupid property? He gave away everything, you know. So I don't want God to take trouble for me. So really speaking, a true devotee is not even concerned about Yogakshama. If he is concerned, he would never think of God anyway. But this is said by Lord in order to assure the devotee is not to worry that I will take care of the yoga and kshama. I will get them what they need and I will protect what they have. And as we said yesterday, this also applies to the seekers. Whatever you need in terms of the spiritual pursuit, he gets you. Whatever you need in terms of protect, he protects. He has to do all that. He is Brahma, he is Vishnu, he is Maheshwara. Brahma is the creator, he creates. Vishnu is a preserver, he preserves. So Guru Brahma, Guru Vishnu, Guru Devo, Maheshwara, even Guru also we praise him like this. He is Brahma the creator. What does Guru create? Guru gives me a new body. The parents have given me this physical body, put me in samsara. So once it seems why Dayananji was invited to inaugurate a conference of the, the doctors somewhere in Gujarat. These were all the gynecologists, you know. Their conference was supposed to inaugurate. He said, look at you and me. Yeah, there is some difference between you and I. You people bring, you know, you, you are responsible for their birth and put them in samsara and have to release them from samsara. That's the difference. Similarly also the parents gave me this body and put me in samsara. Whereas Guru gives me what we call Brahma Shariram. He gives me Brahma Vidya. He gives me Brahma Shariram and releases me from samsara. So he also creates, creates a body of knowledge. Brahma Shariram. Guru Vishnu, he protects also. Protects me from all the evil effects. Just as the plant must be protected from the attack of the different animals, similarly also the Guru protects me. Guru Devo Maheshwara and he destroys also all my inner obstacles, he destroys. He destroys the obstacles, he protects me from the attack of un, 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 undesirable things. At the same time, he gives me the Brahma Shariram, he gives me the body of the knowledge. So God does everything. He, he takes care of whatever we need and protect whatever we have. This is a matter of trust. Yogakshyam Vahamiham. <coughs> But people don't have this trust. Therefore, as we said, the best way to worship God is for the sake of God. What do I ask of Him? Ask of Him that I want you, God, nothing else. But then there are other devotees, or most of the devotees, who don't have that much trust in God, or who don't have that clarity about the life as to what they are seeking, and therefore they, they approach the Lord seeking limited things. Which is also all right. There's nothing wrong in it. Chatur Vidha Bhajantemam Jana Sukritanorjana 
आर्तो जिज्ञासुर अर्थार्थी ज्ञानी चे भरदर्शन है The seventh chapter, Lord Krishna said, these four kinds of sukrutinaha, those people with punya karma, those people have had the punya. So these four kinds of virtuous people worship me. First is artha, there are those devotees who worship me or remember me only when they are in a tremendous trouble and they find no way out, that's when they remember me, so that I can bring them out of trouble. Artha. Artharthi. There are other devotees who worship me when they need me, need something from me, make a deal with me. Okay, Arthati. Jignasu. There are other devotees who worship me because they want to know me. And this devotion culminates into jnani, those who know me as their very self. Everybody progresses like this. In the beginning we worship him only when we are in trouble. Then we start worshiping whenever we need something. Then I realize, who is he who is doing all this favor to me? I want to know him, Jignasu. And then ultimately I know him as my very self, Jnani. So verse 22 told us about this Jnani Bhaktas. In the 23, you know, to praise that Bhakta, he says, Yevi Anya Devata Bhakta. Anya Devata Bhakta. There are those who worship other Devatas. Now this creates some confusion. Swamiji, is, it, is Lord Krishna trying to say that we should only worship him? What if I am worshipping Ganesha? Is that alright or not? Or I am worshipping Hanuman, is that okay? What is Lord Krishna saying? Does it mean that we should not worship any other devatas and only worship him? Not really. As I said, what, the, what Lord Krishna means by the pronoun I is not the person Krishna, but as a limitless, as Ananta, as a limitless Lord. So, those who worship the limitless, attain the limitless as the next verse will say, but most people approach the Lord with limited ends in mind. <coughs> that is what is meant by Anya Devata Bhaktaha, those people who worship me, even if you worship Lord Krishna, and still worship him merely for a limited end. So whenever we approach, approach any God with a desire to be fulfilled, then we are only approaching one part of that God. Like whenever I go to somebody, let us say, and seeking donation from him, let us say, with some desire, then I relate to that part of that person who is the donor part. That's all I relate to, isn't it? Or I go to a certain person who is my friend, then I relate to him as a friend. But I do not relate to him as a whole person. I look upon him as my friend. That means that I relate to him as one aspect of him. Similarly also, whenever I approach the Lord with a desire, you know, with a certain desire to be fulfilled, then I am invoking only that part of the Lord for fulfilling my desire. That means that I am approaching only a fraction of the Lord. Understand that? That is called Anya Devada. Lord Krishna says, people do come to me only seeking limited ends. So, Sakama Bhakti and Nishkama Bhakti. Sakama Bhakti, devotion to the Lord with a desire which is, as we said yesterday, is not really devotion to Lord, it is devotion to my desired object. And Lord becomes a nimitta, becomes only an instrument of fulfillment of my desire. Nishkama bhakta, satuna kamayamana, says sage Narada. That is bhakti or devotion to love, there should not be any desire. People ask this question, Swami, what is the difference between love and attachment? 
attachment is also love except conditional love so when we approach the lord with a desire to be fulfilled then we love the lord all right but conditional love that as long as he fulfills my desire so long is acceptable to me so that means that i am invoking one aspect to the lord who is karma phala who is the data the giver that means i only relate to lord only a fraction of that lord i don't relate to him totally so this is what is meant by anya devata bhakta those people who worship god whether it doesn't matter what form i worship i may worship ganesha hanuman devi shiva anybody i worship the point is do i have sakama bhakti or nishkama bhakti do i worship my ishta devata with the desire worldly desire to be fulfilled or do i worship the ishta devata without any worldly desire at all i worship him for the sake of worship tesham satat yuktanam bhajatam pridipurvakam do you worship me out of love for me so this is the highest form of devotion that i love with no demands at all not easy but that is the highest form of love in which there is always giving and there is no demand how when can that happen that can only happen when i can enjoy the very act of giving how can i enjoy the act of giving because when i give i see a satisfaction on the part of the one who receives and that so happiness of my object of love if that is my happiness then what else do i need if i am happy because someone else is happy then all i need to do is to make that person happy i need not make myself happy because i am happy because my the one whom i love is happy similarly also if i am happy because i am offering something to god because god is pleased therefore i am pleased then i need not make any separate effort to please myself the other day we said that if i by feeding someone else if i am happy i need not make a separate effort to be happy by feeding myself because giving itself is a joy worshiping itself is a joy love itself is a joy so those who discovered that love or those who are committed to that love so they are nishkama bhakta but most of the devotees worship the lord with always some desire in mind about them this is a te vimame vakaunte yajanti avidhi purvakam so i go to hanuman ji sankat se hanuman chhodave manakrama vachana dhyana jolave nasay rog hare sab pira japata nirantar hanumat veera so whenever there is rog or pira then i go to hanuman ji nasay rog hare sab pira when i am in sankat sankat se hanuman chhodave this good hanuman ji will do that but that means i am only relating to one aspect of hanuman or i go to ganesha nirvignam kurume deva sarvakareshu sarvada so that lord ganesha removes my obstacles he will do that but that means i have a conditional relationship with lord ganesha that i look upon him as remover of obstacles that is called anya devata only one aspect of god i am worshiping i can worship ganesha so that i want limitless then fine it's worshiping vasudeva i can worship hanuman ji desiring the, the inner purification then it's fine but yagne rishtva swargadim prarthayante most of the devotees want swarga they want pleasures they want material things 
So it doesn't matter what deity I worship. As long as I worship with the desire, that means that I am worshipping only one aspect of the deity. Doesn't matter what deity I worship, as long as there is no desire in me, that means that I am worshipping the limitless. Because ultimately, every devata only represents the limitless. It's up to us what to worship. Tebhi maameva kaunte yajanti avidhi purvakam he kaunte they worship me alone, avidhi purvakam, unknowingly they worship me. Aham sarvayajnanam bhokta cha prahurevacha. Really, I am the receiver of all the worship and I am the giver of the results of all the worship also. So even when they worship those limited devatas, in fact, I am, I am present as those devatas anyway, because I am alone the self of all, including I am the self of Indra, Varuna, Agni, whoever they worship. So when they worship Indra or Varuna, they do not know they are worshipping me, they think that they are worshipping Indra. When I go to a government office and when I perhaps talk to an officer and then I please him so that he can do me a favor, ultimately the power that the officer has comes from the top man, isn't it? Let us say the prime minister is the most powerful person. I go to a minister and I, 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 I may please the minister to get certain things done by him. So whatever favor the minister does is on account of the power that, he is, that, is, that, has been, that has been given to him by the Prime Minister. Or even if I go to a peon and give him 10 rupees and get certain things done, then also the peon does me favor on account of power he is ultimately received from the ultimate authority. So if any devata does any favor to me, it is only because that has been bestowed, that power has been bestowed upon that devata only by the Lord. So ultimately they are worshipping me and I am the one who is who is doing all the favors to them, but they do not know that. They do not know the true nature of myself, that I am the Prabhu, I am the Karma Faladata, I am the Bhokta, I am the recipient of all the worship. And therefore, they are deprived of the real result that should come on for by their worship. They are deprived of the real result that the worship should yield to them. That is explained further in the verse 25. Yanti Deva Vrata Devan Pitrunyanti Pitravrata Bhutani Yanti Bhute Jaha Yanti Yanti Deva Vrataha Devan Deva Vrataha Those who worship the Devatas, Devan Yanti, they, they attain the state of the Devata. Pitru Nyanti Pitru Vrataha, those people who worship the Pitru the mains, they attain the state of the mains or the world of the mains. Bhutaniyanti Bhute Jaha, those people who worship Bhuta, Bhuta means elements of the ghosts of the spirits, well, they attain the world of the ghosts of the spirits. So, this is very, very beautiful verse which tells us it is up to us what is it that we want to achieve in our life. This 17th chapter, in 17th chapter, Lord Krishna describes the threefold Shraddha. Sattvigi Rajasi Chaiva Tamasi Cheritam Shrunam Sattvan Rupo So everybody is born with Shraddha Sattvan Rupa Sarvasya 
श्रद्धा भवती भारत एवरी वन इज बोर्न विथ श्रद्धा आई दात्विक श्रद्धा राजसी श्रद्धा और तामसी श्रद्धा दे फॉर ऑटोमेटिकली डिपेंडिंग अपॉन द नेचर ऑफ पर्सन दैट पर्सन हैज ट्रस्ट इन समबडे यजंते सात्विका देवान दोस पीपल ऊपर दे सात्विक नेचर अ प्योर नेचर दे आर ऑटोमेटिकली डिवोटेड टू देवतास गॉड्स यक्ष रक्षाम से राजसाह दोस पीपल ऊपर दे रजस रजोगुणा there is bhoga buddhi is there they always worship those having power and wealth yaksha and rakshasa pretan bhuta ganam chanye yajante tamasa jana people who possesses tamoguni nature those who anger cruelty this kind of things they always worship the lower the lowest the basest elements of the society Sometime ago, I read in the newspaper. You know, there are these underworld dons. Everybody knows about them. And there is, there was one this person. I, I think his name was Chota Rajan or something. Like that, some underworld don or Bombay. So this newspaper reported that young people are applying to these people. Young people are applying to these dons. So they want to be employed by them. So even these people also inspire some, you know. So these people who are cold-blooded murderers and hitmen and, and you know this is what their profession is. Even they also they also inspire. So there are people there are people who find inspiration from them. Then there are many who apply to the industrialists and to the businessmen etc. for attainment of wealth and power. so there are those who are inspired by them ross pro he is my hero you go to united states that billionaire he becomes a hero or bill gates or whatever you know becomes a hero of people everybody wants to be like him everybody is hero everybody worship somebody depending upon the nature somebody or the other will inspire me will be my role model so who is my role model A wealthy Bill Gates is my role model, or Mike Jackson is my role model, or that Getty. There are underworld dons in United States everywhere. You know, he is my role model. Or is Swami Vivekananda my role model? Or is Shankaracharya my role model? Who is my role model? I will have a role model depending upon what kind of nature I possess. and so it is we have to decide what we want to become in our life this kind of freedom and this kind of potential is given to the human being that i can achieve or i can become whatever i want to become tam yatha yatha upasade tadeva bhavati everybody is a meditator everybody meditates on something and whatever i meditate upon that is what i become these days when we visit home you know the swami becomes a guest of many people and they give a room when i am staying with some de- some devotee somebody i am given a room usually of a teenager you know so everybody has a room their bedroom so usually very often i find myself given a teenager's bedroom <laughs> so because he can be asked to sleep in the dining i mean you know living room etc so that's why i get his room and what do you find depending on the teenager he will have all kinds of posters in his room you know 
So I found in one place a teenager, number of posters of of, uh, of Gavaskar, a cricketer. Different postures of Gavaskar, Sunil Gavaskar. Because this young boy wanted to become a cricketer. His role model was Gavaskar. Therefore, he had filled his room with all different postures of Gavaskar. You know, how he does things. So, when he plays cricket, he would meditate on Gavaskar. When he goes on the cricket field, he will hold the bat in the same way as Gavaskar does. And he will also try to hit in the same way that Gavaskar does. Gavaskar becomes his role model. He meditates upon them, him and ultimately he becomes that. Tam in whichever way I do upasana, understand that each one of us always does upasana. We may not even know. How did I how, how does this fellow become a doctor? Because he's meditating upon being a doctor. Somebody becomes an engineer, somebody becomes lawyer, somebody becomes a wealthy person, somebody becomes attains power in the life. How do you do that? By all the time being devoted to that goal, meditating upon the goal and doing whatever is necessary to achieve that goal. Is it not so? So we have to choose what is that we want to become. But the choice seems to be made of definite or very often by our own nature. So Lord Krishna Yanti Deva Prata Devan. There are those who want to become Devatas, they are fascinated by Devatas. By their glory, by their power, by their by all the pleasures that they have. And therefore they meditate worship them. It is not easy to worship the Devatas, to worship any Devata, lot of Vratas that we follow. Depending on the Devata whom you want to please, you must follow the particular Vrata. You want to please uh, Lord Shiva, well, he, then you must know what he likes. Abhisheka Priyashivaha, he loves Abhisheka. So, Lord Shiva, you want to please Narayana, Alankara Priyo Vishnu, he loves Alankara. You want to worship Surya Narayana, Namaskara Priyo Bhanu, Surya is very fond of Namaskara. You want to please Brahmin? Brahmana Bhojana Priya. Give him Bhojana. He must know what is Brahmana also is Devata. So Brahmana is called Bhu Devata. He is the walking Devata on the earth. That's how he was looked upon at one point in time. So when I want to worship a Devata and please him, I must know what that Devata likes and dislikes. And you must follow the stipulations of worshipping devatas. Then alone they will be pleased. Otherwise they won't be pleased. So whenever I approach anybody with a desire, then all formalities must be followed. And then alone I can please when appropriate dakshina is given to them. And there are rules of how much dakshina is required. You know what dakshina is. Different rules are there. Depending on the status of the officer, well, you can you can please them. Certain rules are there. Ten times the salary. Sometimes you know some some the people know. I do not know, but the people know. You want to you want to get your work done through a certain person. How to please him? There are certain rules of thumb. X number of times multiply his salary by X number of times. This ten times was number of years ago. These days it may be more also. You know, but then then you know that he'll be pleased. There are ways of approaching. 
Similarly, the ways of approaching devatas also, then you must follow certain vratas, certain stipulations. Then alone devatas can be pleased. Yante deva vrata devan, but if you want to world, go into the world of devatas, well, those who worship the devatas, attain the world of devatas. Pitrunyan, the Pradhuprata, the Raja Rajaguni people, they worship the Pitrus, they attain the world of Pitrus. Pitrus means departed souls, the world of departed souls. Bhutaniyanti, Bhutejaha, there are many people who worship Bhuta. Bhuta means matter. Worshipping just material pleasures. Don't think that they are not worshippers of matter. All scientists are worshippers of matter only because they look upon matter as a reality. They worship them. They want to extract the maximum out of that and so control the nature, get the most out of nature for our own comforts and conveniences. Bhutaniya or there are Bhuta, Bhuta also means ghosts and spirits. There are many people who worship them also. They go to the smashanam, go cremation ground at midnight and do all kinds of sadhanas. You have to follow those vratas. And all those lower than this, these lower elements also can be pleased. And you can get all kinds of black magic, etc. And you can get those kind of powers. So that you can destroy other people. So people want to get powers for various reasons. So Tamoguni people we want to always hurt others, control others, destroy others. And so they please those kind of elements and get those kind of powers. Yanti Madhya Janopimam. Lord Krishna says, Maam Yanti. But those who worship me, the limitless, attain the limitless. By Maam, Lord Krishna does not mean, as I said, just Krishna the person. Lord, in whichever form I worship, doesn't matter what form I worship. Forms are fine. It is a, what, for what purpose I am worshipping, that is important. For worship, you do require a form. If you do require, fine. If you don't require, then also is fine. But I may require form in the form of Ganesha, Devi, Shiva, Rama, Krishna, doesn't matter. But what form am I worshipping that form? Do I, am I, do I look upon Rama or Krishna as a limitless Lord? Or do I look upon him merely as Dasharath, Dasharatha Putra or Devaki Nandana? How, how do I look at them? Yanti Madhya, Janopimam, Lord Krishna says, those who worship me, the limitless, attain the limitless. Samane api ayase, ayase, exertion is the same. Whether I want to, whether I worship the wealth and power, then also I have to exert, nothing comes free. Or if I want the Lord, the limitless, then also I have to exert myself, exertion is the same. But the people who have, who have vivekar, discrimination, they really attain the fulfillment in their life. Whereas those people without discrimination, they only settle for a limited thing in their life. That's what we are saying. That karma, the actions that we perform, what is it that we want as a result of the actions? If you want limited result, you'll get that. You want the limitless, you'll get that. Durena kyavaram karma, buddhi yoga dhananja, buddhau sharnamanvicha, krupanaha phalahetavaha. Phalahetavaha krupanaha. Those people who only perform actions or rituals or worship, for phala, krupana, they are only miserly people. They do not know the value of their worship. They do not know the value of their karma. Buddhau sharnaman arjuna, you take refuge of buddhi, of knowledge, that through your actions, may you seek the Lord himself, the limitless. So Lord Krishna says, not knowing this, chavantite, 
the, whenever we perform worship, we definitely gain the results appropriate to that worship. But the very same worship, had it been performed without any karma or nishkamataya, without desires, that worship would have yielded the limitless. The same worship, when performed with a limited desire, yields only limited results. That is how Lord here glorifies his nishkama bhakti or the devotion without the karma. But Lord, you are limitless. You are the you are the, the highest. You are the supreme. That means that if you want to please you, then what a dakshina we must give you. If those limited devatas require, you know, so much pomp and show and so much formalities and stipulations to please them, then if you want to please you, who is limitless, then I don't know even what an amount of pomp and show and what stipulations would be required, what gift should we give you, how do we please you? Lord Krishna says, I, the limitless, doesn't require anything to be pleased. It is only the limited people who always have their eyes on the limited things. Only a poor person always has his eyes on the money, you know, how much money came. The person who is wealthy doesn't care. So these devatas who are the lower entities, they are always concerned about how much dakshina came to them, or how much bali or how much bhet, soga, etc. came to them. Lord Krishna said, to me it doesn't matter at all what comes to me. And what matters to you? The 26th verse is, again a very, very famous verse, verse 26. Patram pushpam phalam toyam Yome bhaktya prayachade Tadaham bhaktyupahrutam Ashnami Prayatatmanaha Patram Pushpam Phalam Toyam Patra a leaf, Pushpa a flower, Phalam a fruit, Toyam water. Whatever it is, I mean, Lord Krishna here just states a few things. Anayasalabhyam. Whatever it is that you can acquire without any effort, without spending money. That is what is meant here. Aranye Sandipatrani, lot of leaves are available in the forest, in the trees. Nadyam Swadudakaniva Cha, in the river lot of water is available. So, that is why Lord Krishna states here a few things which are easily available. A leaf, a fruit, a flower, some water. Yome bhaktya prayachati. This devotee of mine, prayachati, who offers me bhaktya with devotion. So, important thing is bhaktya prayachati. Not what the devotee offers, but how the devotee offers. What is insignificant? Patram, pushpam, phalam, doesn't matter what he offers me. Bhaktiaprachati, as long as that offering is made with bhakti, with love. So this is the sutra here. That bhaktiya tushyati kevalam nasigunahi bhakti priyo madhavaha. 
Lord says that I am pleased only with bhakti, with devotion, with the love. That's all I need. I don't need anything else. What I am the limitless. What do I need? Everything is belongs to me. But then, Lord, if everything belongs to you and you are the limitless, you don't need anything, then why do you ask us to even make an offering of a leaf? Why? That's what people ask sometimes. Swami, what's the need of going to temple? What's the need of doing patha? What's the need of doing this seva? What's the need of rituals? If I lead a honest life and this and do my duty, is not enough? This is a new fad, you know. These people have all kinds of notions about themselves. That they can lead a life of honesty. It's not easy. It's nice to talk, lip service. Oh, I live always an honest life, Swami. Do you don't even know what honesty is. That, for that also you have to study Bhagavad Gita, what honesty is. What is these, what is the, you know, the, the dimension of honesty? What is the dimension of truthfulness? As we practice then we know how difficult it is to be truthful and how difficult it is to be honest. But in order to justify not doing something, because I don't want to wake up early in the morning and then do my worship, therefore I say, Swami, I don't need any worship. Because I am leading a life of honesty and purity. It is necessary to do something. Lord Krishna says, Yome Bhaktya Prayachari. We ask, so we ask the Lord, but you know, Lord, that I am your devotee. Why do I have to make an offering to you? Lord Krishna says, make an offering. It is not what you offer, but that you offer is important. Bhaktya Prayachari. The idea is that when there is bhakti, when there is love, that love will automatically manifest in the form of some action. Love is always dynamic. It cannot be that I love somebody, I love him, you know, I love you, but I don't care whether you die or you are alive or dead, you know. It cannot be. When I love somebody, I'm going to care for that person. When I love somebody, I am going to do something to please that person. Because when I love somebody, the happiness of that person becomes important to me. And his happiness or her happiness becomes my happiness. Therefore, I will naturally do something to make that person happy. So, Bhakti. There was a great teacher, Acharya, whose name was Vallabhacharya. He explains about Bhakti in this manner. Bhaj plus a pratya is applied, a suffix is applied, T. Bhaj plus T becomes Bhakti. Bhaj Sevaya. Bhaj means to serve. And Pratyati is applied in sense of love. So serving with love is called Bhakti. That's why he prescribed for his devotees Seva of Bhagavan with Bhakti. So Lord Krishna says that when there is devotion in your heart, you will always want to offer something. So what do you offer? Doesn't matter what you offer. Just offer something to me with love. So that offering becomes a vehicle for expression of my love, is it not? I have my child, the children are, are celebrating the dad's father's birthday, I have a five-year-old son, six-year-old son who just started going to school. He comes to me and on the, my birthday my children bring me different gifts. This my little boy also brings me a gift. Dad, I have brought a gift for you. My beta, what have you brought? Oh, I have drawn a picture of you, Daddy. He said, really? Let me see that. And he produces a wonderful picture of his father, that is of me. 
You know what is strong? One circle. That is your my head. Another circle. That is my middle part. Two lines. That is my hand. Two vertical lines. That's my leg. Two other circles. That's my glasses. This picture. Wow. What a wonderful picture. Do I say stupid fellow? Is it my picture? Do I say that? No. What matters is the love with which he has done that, isn't it? Not what he brings is never important. The love with which he brings, that love is important. Understand that nobody wants anything, everybody only wants love in their life. With the food, who wants? That's all right. You want two chapatis, what else do you want? And a few pairs of clothes. But really, what everybody is hungry about is nothing but love. Bhaktiya Tushyati Madhavaha Bhakti Priyo Madhavaha Bhaktiya Tushyati Natu Gunaihi It is not how wonderful I am and what silver plate I offer and stuff like that. All the formalities, that doesn't matter. Tadaham Bhaktiya Bhakti Upaharutam With Bhakti I offer and there is offering, there is love in my heart. In offering also no formality are required that when I make an offering of a leaf or a fruit to the Lord that I must take it in a silver plate, doesn't matter how you offer it. Bhakti Upanadana. That offering also, I don't need any formalities. I just need bhakti. So it is bhakti that purifies. Swamiji, but I do bhakti. What do you mean by bhakti? Oh, I chant Lord. It is not an action that is called bhakti. It is the spirit that is bhavana. The bhavana which is there, it's called bhakti. Action becomes a medium for expressing my bhavana. That's why we offer nevedya to neveditam, neveditam to the Lord, nevedya. What do you think, Lord is going to eat that food? If he eats, then who is going to offer him? On this Ganesh Chaturthi, you know, Lord Ganesh has offered laddus in Gujarat. My mother would count, you know, 25 laddus she would prepare because there are so many children, then she would count that every child should get this, 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 you know. 25 laddus are offered. Thank God that all those 25 laddus come back. <laughs> Suppose Ganesha decided that I am hungry today, let me eat away a few laddus and only 15 came back, the next time he will get only 15, not 25. <laughs> and from that if he eats away, then he gets only one ultimately, you know. But thank God that he is ever full and complete. Then why do we still offer him? We offer him our love. So he takes the love part and gives his grace. That's why the same laddu which was nevedda before becomes prasada, carries his grace. It is his bhakti, this devotion, this love. And to the extent that the love can be without demand, a non-demanding love is purifying. It is a demanding nature of mind that really pollutes my heart. It is non-demanding love that is what is purifying, nothing else. But karma, the ritual, becomes only an expression of that love. bhakti ashnami. I partake of that, whatever is offered, prayatatmanaha, by the, by my devotee, who is pure in heart. So whenever he makes an offering with love, I enjoy it, as though it's a great meal. Even if he offers leave, fine. They say that Bhagavan sometimes also, Bhola Bhagavan, Bhola Shankar, they say, you know. So sometimes Bhagavan also uh, is very simple, simple hearted. Or can be somewhat, uh, sometimes he also, 
he also gets not cheated really, but he likes sometimes that way also. Then it can be pleased very easily, let us put it, Ashutosha, can be pleased very easily. You must have heard the story of the Ajamila, you know. Ajamila was formerly a devotee of Lord, but ultimately fell into bad companies and then was womanizing and you know, he was, then he led a life which was very, uh, very polluted. And he had a son who's a young, you know, he had a child whose name he has given Narayana. So, so attached to his son that all the time keeps on calling Narayana, Narayana, Narayana. He doesn't repeat Narayana's name, he repeats his son's name. At the time of death also he was saying Narayana, Narayana, Narayana and he died. So Lord Narayana heard, hey, this fellow is repeating my name, come on. He told his, his, his uh, attendants, come on, go and bring him here. His attendants told the Lord. He says, Lord is not sending your name. He is sending name of his son. He says, no, he is sending my name. Where did his son? Narayan is my name. His son is just born now. I am always there, no? So, Narayan is my name. He is sending my name. Come on, bring him here. So, this is called Mukdha Shakti. Sometimes gods also can be deluded, you know. So, they think that. So, easy to please. And formality also doesn't matter. It seems that there was one hunter and he was hunter all right, but there must be some purity in his heart. Someday somebody advised him to worship Lord Shiva. In the forest it seems there was a Shivalinga. So Lord Shiva always likes the offering of water, pour water on him, give him bath, he will be pleased. So this fellow says, okay, I want to please Lord Shiva, what should I? Well, he didn't have anything, you know, to carry water. So, apparently there must have been a, a, a water reservoir some distance from the temple. He need to carry water from there to this temple to pour upon the Lord Shivalinga. He did not have any container of water. So, he thought, all right, why not? He filled up water in his mouth. That's what he did. He went to the, the temple and then he quiet, you know, from his mouth, he poured the water upon Shivalinga. Lord was pleased, hey, look at my devotee, you know, he's, he's, he's give, doing a Vishaka of me. So, what matters to the Lord is the, the, the spirit, the bhavana with which that act is performed. It doesn't even matter what act, how it is performed. Ashnami, I enjoy that, I partake of that, as though it is a great gift given to me, as long as it is given with pure heart. But offer something. This is also important. It's important to do something. Really speaking, offering is what? What can I offer him? Every day we chant, you know, Tera Tujuko Varpan, Tanamana Dhana Sabatera, Sabakocha Hai Tera, Swami Sabakocha Hai Tera, Tera Tujuko Varpan. Every day we chant. Swami Dhananji always makes fun of this, you know. This Lord Krishna is there, and this man came in the evening, stood before the Lord, and chanted this. Tanamana Dhana Sabatera. Everything is offered. Lord Krishna was pleased. Oh, this is wonderful. Again, the say, next day in the evening, this fellow came, started again repeating, you know, He doesn't give anything, you know, he keeps on repeating that. So, what is this giving? 
Really giving is giving is nothing but giving of my notion that something belongs to me. Really speaking, everything belongs to him. I am not an author of anything. As I told you the other day, in the Shiva temple in Bombay, you know, there is a garden outside and beautiful roses are there with an instruction that do not pluck flowers. So the devotee comes, looks around, there is nobody, he plucks the best of the flowers and proudly walks into the temple and makes, offers that flower at the feet of the Lord. His flower offered to him. Similarly also the whole universe that my own delusion. Because there is no stamp on the I now have put a stamp by Swami Vidyatatmanda. You can see that stamp on this book. So what? I put a stamp. Nothing in the world comes with a stamp that this belongs to Swami Vidyatatmanda or whatever. This is only my notion. You know, the other day I bought uh, a new pair of shoes, 600 rupees, you know. I was very proud of my shoes. So whenever I would sit there, I would sit in such a manner, everybody can see my shoes, you know, how wonderful they are. Very proud of them. Always polish them, I could see my face in them. The other day I went to a satsang like this, you know, and the shoes were taken outside, you know. I went back, the shoes disappeared. <laughs> Look at this stupid shoes, isn't it? I have been calling them my shoes, my shoes, my shoes. When somebody quietly put on those shoes, the shoes did not register any protest at all. <laughs> hey, come on fellow, I am not yours, I belong to this person. They, he didn't say, he went away along with that, the shoes went away. So this ownership is a one-way street. I keep on calling things as mine. They don't call themselves as mine. It's purely a notion. But it is necessary to become free from these notions of ahankara, mamakara. Therefore, the act of offering is required. Some ritual is required. That's the reason why we tell our children, come on, prostrate to Swamiji. Prostrate. Hopefully, someday he will do it himself. Hopefully. This is called physicalizing the worship. But Swamiji, I don't feel like doing it. Still do it. Why? So hopefully, someday you will feel like doing that. Swami Dhyanaji calls it physicalizing worship. I may not have devotion in my heart, but I have value for devotion, that I want your devotion. Then what should I do? I do those things as though I had devotion. How would I do things if I had devotion? I do them. So usually an act is performed because of a bhavana inside. But we can go the other way around also that by deliberately performing certain actions, we can create bhavana also. If bhavana gives rise to action, action also can give rise to bhavana. So prayachari. That is the reason why it is necessary that we do certain specific acts of worship. Even if Swamiji, but then you know, what's the use of worshipping Lord without devotion? Doesn't matter. Would you, would you like to have devotion or not? Yes, I would like to have. Then do it as though you have devotion. And that very act of even prostrating, salutation, all of the conducive to create those bhavanas. Now Lord Krishna says, Prayachati, make an offering to me. Tadaham bhakti pahrutam asnami prayatatmanaha And I happily partake of whatever he offers. He doesn't need anything. He is only pleased 
with the love or the devotion that goes along with that offering. Is it necessary that I should, now going a step further, should I have to offer you flowers and everything they made? Lord Krishna says even that is not necessary. Makes it even simple. Says in the verse 27, Yatkaro Shiyadashnasi Yajjuho Shiyadashyata Yattapasyasi Kaunteya Tatkurushvamadarpanam Yet karoshiya, deva karoshiya, Arjuna, whatever you do. Ye dasna say, whenever you eat, or whatever you eat. Ye juhoshi, whatever you offer, as in the yaga, in the, in the act of worship. Ye dadasi, whatever you offer as charity. Ye tapasthasi, whatever you perform as a matter of penance. Doesn't matter what you do. Here Lord Krishna specifically mentions Yajna Dana Tapaha. In the 18th chapter, Lord Krishna says Yajna Dhanam Tapasseva Pavanani Manishinam. Therefore, all the devotees are, this threefold action is prescribed to all the devotees Yajna Dana Tapaha. Yajna, of course, meant Yajna in the olden days, but today Yajna can mean an act of worship. Yaj means to worship. So, we, there should be worship of Lord in our life. Dhanam, there should be charity in our life. Tapaha, there must be penance or austerity in our life. Tapaha, that austerity is also we perform, like fasting. We perform those austerities. Or, Purashchan, Gayatri, Japa, some Japa we perform, the Namasmaranam we do, all of this we do. So all the austerities austeri also act as what we call general prayaschitta. Whatever kind of sins or whatever kind of negative things we may have accumulated knowingly or unknowingly, to remove them we do all these austerities. Or sometimes we absorb fast etc. in order to develop an inner control and self-control. Because otherwise the mind has a tendency to do whatever it likes to do. Therefore deliberate self-denial that today I will absorb fast. And that is how I develop a self-control. So for these various purposes, tapascharya or penance or austerities are also necessary in life. Yajna, worship is necessary. Dhanam, charity is necessary. And tapaha, austerity also is necessary. So referring to this Lord Krishna, yad johoshi, whatever yaga you perform, yad dadasi, whatever charity you give, yad tapasyasi, whatever austerities or penance you perform, so these are what we call nitya, naimiti, karma, the prescribed actions for everybody. So this is what the scripture prescribes and that's what we do. And other than that we also do a lot of our little other things, you know, like eating, drinking, walking, talking, yat karoshi, whatever else you do. He kaunte tat kurushva madarpanam. Just do it in such a manner that it becomes an offering to me. Gives us a concession further. You need not even worry about offering me a flower. Don't worry. If you don't have time, don't do that. I am not offering flower, not because I don't want to offer it, because I have other things to do all right. If you are such a busy person and doing your duties sincerely, 
that you do not get time to do this formal worship doesn't matter. Make your whole life a worship. Whatever you do, make an offering to me. But Lord, how can I offer? Where are you? Oh, where am I not? Yetah pravartir bhutaram yena saramidam tatam Remember that you are able to perform these activities is due to my grace. Remember that the buddhi you have is because of me. The knowledge that you have is because of me. The skills that you have is because of me. That you are able to perform an action is also due to my grace. Remember that. Remind yourself that I, that I am an instrument in the hand of the Lord. That I am a servant of the Lord. Aham karta. So I am a doer of the action. For Swami, for my master, I am doing it as a servant. Bhrityavat karomi. So I can look upon myself as a servant of the Lord. I may be servant of my local master here, but I look upon myself as a servant of the Lord. And therefore, whatever I do, I do with the spirit that anena parmeshwara priyatam. Let the Lord be pleased by this action. If there is honesty in my action, if there is this value of non-violence, truthfulness in my action, certainly Lord will be pleased by my actions. If there is a desire on my part or an attitude on my part that by my action somebody may be pleased. May I cause some comfort to somebody. May I cause some happiness to somebody. May my action even in little way help somebody. If there is a spirit of paropakara, upakara or helping somebody, if there is a spirit of offering, even then also Lord is served. So, whatever you do in your life, do it as an offering to me. Tasmat sarveshu kaleshu mamanasmara yudhyacha. Therefore, here unite all the times, remember me and do your duty. <coughs> in short, samarpanam, that whole attitude of samarpanam, the attitude of offering itself becomes the worship of the Lord. And for that purpose, we need not do anything special. Whatever you do, yat kurushu tadarpanam, you do it in such a manner that it becomes an offering to the Lord. Let your whole life become an offering to the Lord. I'm taking now, I'm going to take bath. This is how the devotees think, bhaktas think like that. I'm going to take a bath. Why? So that my body will be pure and I can, I can my mind will be fresh, I can worship the Lord better. I'm going to sleep. Why? Also for the sake of Lord. So that I'll be refreshed next morning and I can perform His worship well. I'm eating this food also for the sake of Lord so that my body will be nourished, it will strengthen and I can worship the Lord in a good manner. Whatever I do, I do so that my it becomes an act of worship. That's all He wants. He wants the spirit of worship or offering. Mai sarvāne karmāne sanyasya dhyātma chetasa nirāshir nirmamo bhūtva yudhyasva vikatajvara Mai sarvāne karmāne sanyasya offering the so he becomes a sanyāsi the person who performs the activities and makes them as an offering to the Lord becomes a sanyāsi Sanyāsi is a sanyāsi because he has renounced something this grahastha also becomes sanyāsi by making by performing actions as an offering to the Lord his life is dedicated in service of the Lord. Or whatever he looks upon as Lord. 
Suppose you look upon the society as Lord, all right. In short, there must be some noble cause in our life. Our life should not be merely for my own sake, my own eating, drinking and pleasure and my own security. That is not the only concern in my life. There should be some higher concern in my life. There must be some greater cause in my life. Going to serve the society? Fine. That is your Lord. Going to serve the country? That is your Lord. There is some altar of worship in our life. So that whatever I do is dedicated to that altar of worship. Ultimately, hopefully, the altar of worship will expand in such a manner that the whole universe becomes an altar of my worship. The limitless becomes an altar of my worship. Don't think this is easy. Don't think worshipping God is easy. As we understand the spirit of worship, then we realize how that selfishness, self-centeredness and, you know, littleness is there in our heart. In order to worship the Lord, that littleness has to be slowly and slowly given up. We become large-hearted people. Small things remain small. Big things become big. That's how, hey Arjuna, make your whole life a worship of me. Whatever you do, make it an offering to me. <coughs> As I said, I, I wanted to tell you a story, in fact, while Lord Ray talks about Patram Pushpam, you perhaps know this story, you know. It is said that Lord Krishna went to Hastinapura in order to negotiate peace with Duryodhana. And when Lord Krishna reached Hastinapura, then Duryodhana invited him, please, Lord, come to my palace and be my guest. Lord says, no. Duryodhana ko meva atyago. He gave up this meva, all this luxury of Duryodhana. Instead, Lord chose to go to Vidura. Vidura lived with his wife, a retired life of worship in his hut. And when Lord Krishna reached there, Vidura saw him and became just, he, he, he totally became mad. So, Lord has come to my home. He tells his wife, it seems his wife was taking bath at that time. And so, Vidura says, hey, do you hear? Lord Krishna is here. Alright, say I am going to the market to get something, you know, to so that we can treat him. You quickly take bath and then take care of the Lord. And thus he departed for the for shopping something, going to market. After some time, Vidura returns to his hut and what does he find? He finds the most amazing scene there. His wife is sitting there and feeding the Lord. When Vidura's wife heard that Lord Krishna is in their home, she just could not, she just went out of her mind. She was ecstatic. She forgot everything, she forgot even the, she even lost the consciousness of her body. And when she came out, you know, then she wrapped the sari around her body. Instead of wrapping the sari around her body, she wrapped it around her head. And she presented herself before the Lord like that, not even knowing that. And then she is feeding Lord Krishna, it seems they had some bananas in their play, in their house. So she is feeding banana to the Lord. She peels off the banana and gives it to the Lord. But you know what this crazy woman does? She puts the banana on one side and gives the peels to the Lord. But Lord is even crazier than her. Vidura found that his wife was offering the peels to the Lord and he was quietly eating them with the same tremendous pleasure. Tadaham bhakti pahrutam asnami prayatatmana Whatever you offer me with love, I enjoy it as though a great feast is offered to me. He also forgets. And therefore, 
the only thing that warrants is love from us, nothing else, because everything belongs to him. And love also because it is a great purifier. This devotion to the Lord, or love to the Lord is the greatest purifier. And thus when that purity comes in our life, what happens? As a result of making this offering, offering all the actions to the Lord, what is the result of it? The 20th verse says that. Shubha Shubha Phalai Revam Moksha Se Karma Bandhanai Sanyasa Yoga Yuktatma Vimukto Mamupaishyase Shubhashva Phalaihi Evam Moksha Se Karmabandhanaihi Evam in this manner Herjuna thus perform his actions as an offering to me Thus when an action is performed in the spirit of offering to the Lord Offering to some altar of worship Evam Shubhashva Phalaihi Karmabandhanaihi Moksha Se Herjuna Moksha Se You will be released or liberated from Karmabandhanaihi From the bondage of action Shubha Shubha Phalaihi So karma or the action is that which gives rise to Shubha Phala or Ashubha Phala Whenever you perform an action, one of the two results can come Either result is Shubha that is desirable or Ashubha undesirable Usually we are bound by the action How does the action bind us? Action produces results as we said, either desirable or undesirable. When the, desire, when the result is desirable, then I react to the result with joy and elation. I congratulate myself because I am successful. And that is how I react to the result with elation, with harshan. On the other hand, when the result is undesirable or unpleasant, I again react to the result with what we call depression or sadness. So, how do we relate to the result of action? Always the reaction of harsha or shoka, with raga or dvesha. So, whenever any situation creates in me a reaction, then the standard I am controlled by that situation. Is it not so? That harsha or that avega, that, 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 that impulse of happiness came in me, which was dictated by an event which I, I judged as desirable. Or another impulse of sadness came in me that also was dictated by the result which I branded as undesirable. So this is called bondage when the emotions arising in me are determined not by me but they are determined by the situations and events around me. I find myself dancing to the tune of the events. It is events of the world that decides whether I will be happy or unhappy. If the world decides to favor me, become favorable to me, I am happy. If the world decides not to be favorable to me, I am unhappy. This is called bondage when what will be the frame of my mind is not determined by me, but is determined by events. So this is all, this is called bondage. So karma or action by producing desirable or undesirable result produces corresponding reactions in me 
and those reactions lead to further reactions and that is how this chain of karma and the karma phala and the janma mrutu continues. Lord Krishna says, when you perform an action as an offering to me, see this is called nishkama karma. Any karma that is performed without a demand or a desire, that's nishkama karma. That does not produce a reaction in me. Because for this devotee, what God gives him is not important. What result comes is not important. What is important is that he is performing an action. That very offering is the is the reward of the devotee. I'm sure each one of us has experienced that when I love somebody, then my pleasure is in very offering itself is my pleasure. What return favor will come to me is of no consideration to me. When there is love, that is not important to me what that person will do to me. What gives me joy is that I made an offering. So whenever an offering is made with love, then offering itself is a reward. Understand that. Therefore, for a karma yogi or a devotee, understand here the devotee is karma yogi. So this karma marga and bhakti marga are not different. Bhakti automatically results into karma. So this karma yogi must necessarily be a devotee of the Lord and when he makes an offering to the Lord in the form of the action, that offering itself is a reward. And therefore to a karma yogi or to a devotee, the result of the karma phala is not important at all. And therefore he does not even brand the result as desirable or undesirable. He doesn't care what it is. What he cares is that he made an offering to the Lord. So in karma yoga or in bhakti, the reward is immediate. See, when I perform an action as prompted by desire, then the reward always comes in future. And therefore, I always delegate my happiness to future. While I am performing action, I don't enjoy it because to me the result is important. For a karma yogi, action is important, not result. Therefore, action itself is a source of joy. That's what Lord Krishna is teaching here throughout Bhagavad Gita. That may you learn to enjoy your action. Don't postpone your enjoyment to the result because the result will come in future and that also is uncertain. On the other hand, action is in present. And action is something that you control. So may you enjoy the action. Let your enjoyment or happiness come from action itself. So thus to a devotee who performs an action as a worship of the Lord, that very worshipping itself is a reward because that's what he enjoys and therefore to him it is not important what the reward came. And therefore the rewards of the events do not create any reaction in him at all. His cheerfulness or his happiness, his happiness cannot be disturbed by the events. Evam in this manner, performing your actions in the spirit of offering to me, in the spirit of devotion to me, you will be, you will be freed from the evil or undesirable or the, the, the binding effect of the karma. Sanyasa yoga yuktatma, you are the one who is a sanyasi as well as yogi. Because the devotee bhakta is the one who doesn't, who doesn't care for the result or the reward. Therefore he has done sannyasa. He has renounced his attachment to the reward. So he is a sannyasi. And he performs actions in the spirit of devotion. Therefore he is a yogi also. Sannyasa yoga yuktatma. So you who are a sannyasi as well as a yogi. And the whole process of offering itself is a purifying process. Yuktatma. So one thus who is purifying himself by the process of Samarpanam by offering to the Lord. Vimuktaha, you will become totally liberated from all ignorance, 
from all bondage, from all sense of smallness, from all sense of limited, limited, limitedness. <coughs> you become vivakta, totally free. Vamapaishasi, and here, Arjuna, you will reach me. You will become liberated even while living. And when this body drops off at the end of prarabdha, then suddenly you will become totally one with me. You are one with me to begin with. But even that apparent separation between you and I, that is body, that also will not remain and you will totally become one with me. So this is a reward. Lord Krishna says, Vyanti Madhya Janopima. Those who worship me, attain me in this manner. Those who worship him, those who worship the Lord, they slowly and slowly become free from that bondage, free from impurities, free from reactions of likes and dislikes, discover that inner cheerfulness, discover that inner happiness, discover the inner love. And that's how which culminates into total happiness or total love. And the person becomes free from all demands. That's called freedom. Freedom from all needs. Freedom from all demands. Oh Lord, you seem to be really partial to your devotees. Because you seem to be giving moksha or liberation to your devotees and not to others. Are you also partial? Lord Krishna says, no, I am not partial. Even though he is partial, he claims he is not partial. He is not partial as well as partial. This is how Lord Krishna is unfolding his nature, understand? This is called Vijnanam. Vijnanam, Vijnana Sahitam. Yajnatva moksha se The jnanam, the nature of Lord was unfolded as one is all pervasive as well as one is all transcendental. How to know that God? How to become Him? This is bhakti, this vijnanam is being described here. In the process of describing the bhakti, he is also describing His nature as to how God is. What is our concept of God? Is He partial or impartial? He is both impartial as well as partial. How? The verse 29 says that. Samoham sarva bhuteshu Namedveshyosti napriyaha Ye bhajanti tumam bhaktya Mayite te shuchapyaham. Samoham sarabhuteshu. Sarabhuteshu aham samaha. Here, Arjuna, I am equal to all the beings. I am same in all the beings. That is my, I am equally present in all the beings. We discussed earlier. What is the truth of all the beings? What is the truth of every Nama Rupa? Asti, Bhati, Priyam. Is it not? Clock also, Asti, Bhati, Priyam plus Nama Rupa. Book also, Asti, Bhati, Priyam, Nama Rupa. I am also Asti, Bhati, Priyam, Nama Rupa. You are also Asti, Bhati, Priyam, Nama Rupa. Samoham, Sarabhuteshu. Here, Arjuna, I am equally present in all the beings. I am their very self. Aham Atma Gudakesha Sarabhuta Shastita As Atma, I dwell in the hearts of all the living beings. Even in the mosquito also, I am equally present. In elephant also, equally present. In a saint also, I am equally present. In a sinner also, equally present. 
it is not that in a sinner you know he is present in a small measure in a saint he is present in a larger measure he is equally present in the self of everyone samoham sarabhuteshu name dveshya hasti na priya I don't have dvesha or I don't have aversion for anybody na priya I have no partiality for anybody in the eyes of lord everybody is equal that's wonderful everybody is equal for us there is a sinner and a saint for us there is a papi and punyashali for us there is a thief and there is a shau, uh, you know there is a well all these is our new uh, these are all our view points as far as lord is concerned pitaha masya jagataha mata dhata pitamaha i am the father i am the mother i am the grandfather Oh, everybody is my children. I am equally present in all of them. My grace is equally available to them, which means I am impartial. So, first line of the verse says, "I am impartial." But then, next line says, "I am partial also." Very clever. There is no none cleverer than Lord Krishna. He can say something and contradict himself right away, and leaving us to understand what he means. मस्ताने सर्वभूतानि न चाहम ते शवसिदा न च मस्ताने भूतानि यू अंडरस्टैंड व्हाट इट मींस सिमिलरली आल्सो द फर्स्ट लाइन सेज दैट आई एम इक्वली प्रेजेंट एंड माय ब्लेसिंग एंड ग्रेस इज अवेलेबल इक्वल टू एवरीवन बिकॉज़ आई एम द सेल्फ ऑफ ऑल अहम सत्ता स्फूर्ति प्रदाता आई इंपार्ट एग्जिस्टेंस एंड अवेयरनेस एंड इंटेलिजेंस टू एवरीथिंग आई एम इक्वली प्रेजेंट इवन इज आनंद फुलनेस इन द हार्ट ऑफ एवरीबॉडी But then, Lord, how come that there are some people who appear to enjoy your grace and other people are not? Lord Krishna says that is not my problem. That is, it is not because I am partial or not partial. It is something, some visheshata, some peculiarity in them that it happens. Ye bhajantitvam bhaktya maite teshuchapyam. But those ye maam bhaktya bhajanti. But those how to means however. Those who worship me with devotion, my te dhyarin me, teshu chapi ham, I am in them. Very interesting. Surya, you know, the sun says, my light is equally available to everybody. Whether he is a sinner or a saint, whether my devotee or not a devotee, whoever he is, my light is equally available. No partiality at all. But still, we find that some houses are lighted and some houses are not lighted. What's the reason? That is because those who open their windows, they enjoy my light. Those who not open the windows, they don't enjoy it. I am not partial. But then some apeksha is there even on their part also. My grace is equally available. But who enjoys the grace? The one who opens the gates of his heart for the grace to flow. Well, they enjoy the grace. For others. the grace is equally available but they don't enjoy it they don't make themselves available to it ye bhajan ditvam bhakta this is by this is nature for example the sun gets reflected in the mirror it is the nature of a mirror mirror is a a, a surface which is what we call a, a pure surface so it is the nature of a pure surface to reflect whatever is in front of it and in the nature of an object also we reflected in a reflecting surface when i so when i stand in front of the mirror my face gets reflected it is nature of mirror not that mirror is doing some special thing to do that 
and I am standing in front of a wall, my face doesn't get reflected because wall is an impure surface or opaque, you know. So it is the nature of an impure surface not to reflect what is in front of it and it is the nature of the thing also not to be reflected in that kind of a surface. Whereas it is the nature, that is called aswachya dravya, darpani swachya dravya, pure surface. It is the nature of the pure surface to reflect what is in front of that. No effort is made. And therefore, here Shankarajara gives another example of fire. Fire removes the heat of whoever comes close to it. So in the cold, the fire is lighted, but somebody chooses to stand away. He continues to shiver in cold, and somebody comes closer to the fire, well, his cold is removed, and he gets that warmth. So the warmth of the fire is equally available to everybody. It is for the person to use it. That much is expected, that is required. You knock, it shall be opened. But you have to knock, that much you have to do. No, no, that also I can't do, doesn't matter, then wait, someday you will knock. Knock, it will be opened. Ask, it shall be given. But you have to do that much. Ask, it shall be given. He is ready to open the door, there should be somebody to knock it. But who has time to knock the door? Ye bhajantitamam bhaktya. Those who worship me with devotion, maite teshu chapyam, they are in me, they enjoy my grace, teshu apiyaham, and I am always reflected in them. That means that in their mind they gain my darshana, they gain my knowledge. What is meant by knowledge? Nothing but the reflection of God in a pure heart. This bhakti is what purifies my heart, and that's how God is my own self. He gets reflected in my heart that is pure. My heart or my mind is like mirror. If mirror is distorted, the reflection also is distorted. If the mirror is straight and plain, well, my reflection is also going to be straight. So also by devotion, bhakti, my heart becomes pure. Then the self reflects in its true nature. I came to come to know myself as Atma. But my heart is distorted, my mind is distorted, the reflection there also is distorted. I know myself as a hankara. Therefore, it is my bhakti that creates, the, the, you know, I am equal to everybody. But my bhakti is that which creates inequality between the devotee and non-devotee. So this is Lord Krishna. He claims to do everything and still he claims not to be affected by anything. He said, I create the world. I create, bring forth the world at the beginning of the creation and I fold it back into my prakriti. Oh, you are doing all this. No, I am not doing it. These karmas don't affect me. How? It is in my presence that everything happens. So he claims and slowly, this is how we have to know it in stages. He doing everything, but still not doing anything. He being equal to everybody and still partial also. So Anugraha. That grace is the nature of the Lord. And we have to invoke that grace. <coughs> Who can invoke it? Everybody is, as far as bhakti or devotion is concerned, everybody is qualified. And Lord Krishna now sings the glories of his devotion. Look at bhakti. Greater than Lord is his bhakti, looks like. Bhagwan says, bhakti, bhakti is greater than Bhagwan. Look at, Bhagwan doesn't do anything. 
He is in the heart of everybody, but nothing happens. His bhakti comes, everything happens. And so, the glory of his bhakti is being described in the next verses. In the 30th verse, it is said, Apichet sudurachara Bhajate mamananya bhag Sadhureva samantavya Apichet sudurachara Apichet in case Sudurachara Achara conduct Sadachara good conduct Durachara evil conduct. Sudurachara a champion of evil conduct. So even among Durachara is also this fellow is a champion. Sudurachara. Apichet. Suppose there is a person like that. Even for him also there is nothing to worry. There is no hope to be lost. There is hope for everybody. Bhajate maamananyabhag. He starts worshipping me, Ananya With So he worships me single-mindedly, single-pointedly he starts worshipping me. For some reason now this kind of a viveka has arisen in his mind. As it happened in case of sage Valmiki, because in his Purvashrama, Valmiki in fact was a, a robber, a bandit. He used to rob people, he used to even kill them if they did not cooperate. And says Narada happened to go there, I mean one day, and he says, oh, come on, give me whatever you have. Says, I have just a kamandalva, Rudrakshmara, So, but then why do you do this thing? He says, why? To earn my livelihood. This is my way of living. That's how I learned from my forefathers. But do you realize that you are committing sin when you are doing this? You are robbing people, hurting them, even killing them? He says, yeah, that is all I know how to do. But do you know that you are accumulating so much sin? He says, yeah. Who is going to, how, how is your sin going to be removed? He says, I have no problem. I am my family and they will share in my sin because they are sharing in my wealth or my, you know, whatever I get. So they will share in my sin also. Have you ever checked with them? I haven't checked with them, but I can check with them. So go and check with them. Ask them, I am waiting here for you. And then this, this robber goes home and asks his wife. Look, you know how I am getting all this money. He says, yeah. You know that I have to hurt people sometimes and kill them also. He says, yes. Do you know that I incur a lot of sin in so doing? He says, yeah. Then you are my partner in those sins also, isn't it? He says, no way. I am your wife and you are pati. Pati means one who protects. It is your duty to protect and to provide. I don't care how you provide me. Therefore, the sins remain with, I am only a part, I am only, I will share only your wealth, but not your sin. Disappointed he went to his parents. Parents says, we you know, share in your sins, we, we gave you birth and raised you and now it's your duty to serve us. <coughs> went to his children, children says, you have given birth to us, it's your responsibility to look after us, we have nothing to do with your sins. And thus, he realized that, Nobody wanted to share into his sins. Everybody was only interested in swartha, naturally. Totally disillusioned with life. So this is what happens. So sometimes 
by the uh, fructification of some punya karma of the past. This kind of an understanding may arise in the life. He came and surrendered to sage Narada. Narada gave him this mantra, Ram, Ram, Ram. And then he became a sage. Once this kind of a conviction comes in my heart and I start worshipping the Lord single-pointedly, Sadhureva Samantavya Hey Arjuna, he is no more a Durachari, he is no more a sinner, he is a sadhu. He is sadhu means the one of good conduct. Understand him to be a person of sadhu, good conduct. Why? Samyak Vyavasito Hisaha. Because now a proper conviction has arisen in his mind. So how are we going to judge a person? Not by the conduct of the person, but by the belief of the person, by the conviction of the person. Vyavasaya means conviction. Samyak vyavasito isaha. Now there is a right conviction in his mind that, oh, I have been wasting my time. I now realize that what really I, I, I am born is for Lord. He is my refuge. He is my goal. He is my means. That vyavasaya, that kind of a determination or conviction once it arises, he becomes a sadhu. It is conviction. What am I? Nothing but my convictions. My actions are nothing but reflections of my convictions, is it not? Whether I, 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 you know, whether I, my actions are virtuous or whether they are vicious, that is determined by my conviction. Whatever conviction I have, whatever beliefs I have, whatever shraddha I have, that's what determines what I am and what I do. That's why Vedanta wants to transform things there. Vedanta addresses our intellect. That is the thinking faculty. That is the determining faculty. That is the faculty that determines, that judges, that's what makes decisions. That is where convictions are. And all my emotions, all my actions are all de determined by my convictions. If convictions change, my actions are going to change. My life is going to change. It's going to get transformed. Lord Krishna says, understand that he is already a sadhu because his conviction is sadhu. What happens to him? The next verse says, Kshipram bhavati dharmatma Shashvachantim nigachate Kaunte yapratijanihi Name bhakta pranashyade Shipram bhadi dharmatma The one was sudhanachara One person was deliberately of bad conduct because his conviction, his understanding, his perception of life has changed. Shipram bhadi dharmatma In no time he becomes dharmatma. Dharmatma means one whose nature is dharma, atma, antahkaran. One in whose antahkaran or mind now there is dharma. He becomes a saint. He becomes a person of good conduct. He becomes ultimately a saint. Shashvachantim nigachade. And he attains that eternal peace. He attains freedom from all the conflicts. Freedom from all sadness. Freedom from all smallness. He attains eternal peace. Meaning, he ultimately becomes liberated. See what bhakti can do. All that is necessary, a conviction to arise in my mind. Once I become a devotee of the Lord, devotee of the limitless, that will do, that will complete transform the personality. 
So transformation of personality is required and what brings about the transformation is my convictions. A man, so as the mind, so the man. As a conviction, so the mind. As a mind, so the man. And in second line, now Lord makes a declaration. This is also a very famous statement. Kaunteya pratijanehi name bhaktaf pranasyati Maybe Arjuna might have looked with a certain sense of doubt. Are you sure, Lord, that this person who was a sinner, a great sinner, you mean he will get liberated? Maybe there was a certain amount of doubt or a question on the, on the face of Arjuna. Little bit of disbelief maybe on the face of Arjuna. Lord Krishna got a bit, uh, little bit excited, bit of upset. So, what are Arjuna, are you questioning what I am saying? Kaunteya pratijanehi Hey Kaunteya, pratijan, you do pratijan, you probably proclaim. Pratigna means vow. You take a vow. You boldly proclaim. Here Lord Krishna asks Arjuna to make a pratigna, to make a vow. You go and boldly declare to the people who are disbelievers and then declare before them. What do you declare? Name bhaktaf pranashadi. Here Arjuna, go and declare, boldly proclaim to the world that my devotee, the devotee of Vasudeva, the devotee of the Lord, never comes to a bad lot. Once I, even that devotion arises in my heart, I, it becomes a responsibility of God to make sure that he, he attains the goal of his life. Like stepping onto an escalator. You know escalator? I'm sure there must be escalators in the big stores here. Step onto escalator, it takes right up there. You need not do anything further. Escalator of bhakti. Step onto that, sashvachantim nigachari. Lord Krishna asks Arjuna to proclaim. Arjuna may ask, why, Lord, why are you asking me to proclaim? Why don't you proclaim? Why don't you do a pratigna? Why do you ask me to do that? Lord Krishna says, Arjuna, you know something? People will trust you more than they trust me. Because, you know what? See, the way I am, clever ways in which I am saying things and doing things, People may perhaps not trust me as much. You are a straightforward person and your words will be taken more seriously than my words. Because I am in the habit of doing pratignas and breaking my vows also. Sometimes if it is convenient, he breaks his vow also. You know Lord Krishna had taken a vow that I will not well, I will not will weapon in this battle. He taken a vow. Now, Bhishma Pitamaha, he took another vow. I'll make sure that Lord Krishna wills that he takes weapons in his hand. I will make sure that he breaks his vow. You see, nine days the fight was battle was going on, and still the Pandavas are not defeated, even though Bhishma was fighting, and Duryodhana was very upset, and he went and taunted Bhishma. He says, I know that you are soft corner for these Pandavas. I know that you are fighting outwardly, but inwardly you want them to win and that's why you are not wholeheartedly fighting. And like this he said lot of things to Bhishma Pita and Bhishma got a bit upset. So Duryodhana I promise you that tomorrow either I am there or Pandavas are there. And that day Bhishma started fighting such a battle that it looked as though the whole Pandava army and the Pandavas will be wiped out. Lord Krishna saw that hey, his bhaktas, his devotees are going to be destroyed, wiped out. He really got upset at Bhishma Pitama. He jumped from the, from the chariot, 
And when he jumped from his chariot, the whole earth started shaking. And his Uttariya fell down on the earth. And he took up one chariot wheel which was lying there in his, in his hand. And he rushed Bhishma to attack him. Rushed Bhishma. That is it. Bhishma Pitama said, Oh, my vow. Atmas are like that. Their vows are not very strict. Because here there is a conflict of two vows. One is Pratignya of the Lord, other is Pratignya of his devotee. Bhishma is the devotee of the Lord. Now whose Pratignya is important? Lord Krishna says, the Pratignya of my devotee is more important. Therefore, his vow must be maintained. I can give up my vow. That doesn't matter to me. He is so large-hearted that it doesn't matter to him. That's how Mahatmas are. Oh, Mahatma says, we are like that. Everyone eats. If they don't eat, they also eat. कभी कोई प्रेम से लाते हैं चलो खा लिया वैसे तो मिठाई नहीं खाते हैं किस प्रेम से ला दिया ना तो खा लिया चलो कोई बात नहीं भूख भी नहीं है तो भी खा लिया सो वन महात्मा वॉज टेलिंग एस एन इंसिडेंट इन अबाउट सम अदर महात्मा दिस महात्मा वॉज वंस इन्वाइटेड बाय वन ऑफ इज डेवोटीज फॉर भिक्षा वेन स्वामी इज गो द इट्स ऑलवेज कॉल भिक्षा यू नो बट एनी वेज इन्वाइटेड फॉर भिक्षा बट वॉट हैपन इज दैट डे हीज वाइफ uh, was at that day in the monthly period therefore she could not cook and this fellow had to cook the food and he never had cooked the food so his wife would direct him and he cooked something you know for for his, for the Mahatma and uh, he also made a vegetable sabji sab banaya Mahatma aaya unko sab paros diya roti sabji dal Mahatma ate you know one little he ate sabji with this chapati, roti. And he knew some problem was there. You know, this fellow cooked the sabji or vegetable in castor oil, not nice. He did not ask. So he did not avoid oil from the other. This fellow had never cooked. He did not know what contains what and therefore he cooked sabji all that, but in castor oil. And this person knew. As soon as this sadhu, the Mahatma ate that sabji, he knew this was made in castor oil. Stupid fellow, you don't know how to cook, you are serving me this kind of food. Did he get upset? Not at all. He quietly ate the whole uh, helping. And so this fellow thought that, oh, Swami just liked it more, so he helped serve him more. <laughs> he ate that. Ultimately, he finished everything. All that sabji finished. Why so that his devotee would not even know that he has committed an error? Otherwise, if after he's going away, suppose this devotee ate that sabji, remained there, and he found out that, oh, it was made from, from castor oil, then he would feel so bad. Are, is this what I fed him? So that his devotee should not even feel bad. He finished everything. That day, you can imagine what happens when you eat castor oil. <laughs> Frequent visits, you know. So his devotees, his, his disciples are asking, Maharaj, what happened Hey, don't tell anybody. For a long time I wanted to take some, some laxative. So today I had a laxative. <laughs> so this is how, this is called Mahatma, large-hearted people. So Bhagavan to Mahatma ke Mahatma hai. That is why to him what is important is only devotion. Nothing else is important. So he says, hey Arjuna, I don't have a great reputation as far as holding on to my vows is concerned. I know after 10 days I'm going to break it. 
So you take the vow because you are reputed. You go and proclaim Name Bhakta Pranasyate that Bhakta of the Lord he never comes to a bad lot. <coughs> this is his promise. In Bhagavad Gita he gives so many promises. Yoga Shemam Bahamyam. He says, Name Bhakta Pranasyate. <coughs> well, who is qualified for your bhakti? Doesn't matter who he is, says in the verse 32. Mam hiparthavya pashritya ye pisyuf papayonayaha striyo vaishyasthatha shudraha te piyanti param gatim Maam Vipashitya, those who take refuge in me, that's all. What is important is taking refuge of the Lord, whoever it is. Yebisyu Papayonaya, Papayoni. Certain yonis you get because of Papa or the sin. And therefore, generally you would think that this yoni, those jivas belonging to those yonis are not qualified for, for worshipping Lord. Lord Krishna says no. Papa Yonaya. So Yoni is like uh, the Adho Yoni, the lower Yoni, the lower forms of life forms which are a result of Papa. Even they are there. Striyo Vaishya Sadashudraha, or whether they are women, Vaishyaha, Vaishya means, uh, you know, Vaishya means the merchant class. Shudraha, so Brahmana, Kshatriya, Vaishya, Shudra. The thing is that in the ancient days, the women as well as Shudras were not qualified to study Vedas. That is why they are mentioned here. Nothing against women or nothing against Shudra or anybody. But just to mention, everybody is qualified for my devotion. That's the idea. It is not to exclude these people. Because this verse is highly misunderstood and people have problems. Swamiji, oh, Striyaha, that means women are not qualified. Vaishyaha, not qualified. Shudraha, not qualified. Lord seems to be very partial to them, partial to other people. He is discriminating. No, no, this is not discrimination. Here Lord Krishna is singing the glory of his bhakti. That whoever it is, they beyond the param, all of once they take my refuge, that's all that is important. This Mahatma tell a story, you know, this man was once being chased by a dog. He was going in the street and the dog started chasing him. This fellow didn't know where to go. One temple was open. He just rushed into the temple and went all the way where the you know, the, the sanctum was there, just to be saved from a dog. He didn't want to go to the temple, but anyway, he just went there because that was the only open place, and he fell there at the feet of the Lord. Bhagavan says, "Oh, this has come. This is my devotee. He has surrendered to me." As I said, they are all. You know, sometimes they get easily deluded. Bhagavan also. So Bhagavan says, "All that is important is maam vipashritya. Those who take refuge in me, doesn't matter who they are." Just that very act of taking refuge in me, the paramgatim, they will attain the paramgatim, they will ultimately, they will attain the ultimate goal of that life. So, there is no adhikaritvam. In our scriptures, all kinds of bhaktas have been described. Vyadasya charanam dhruvasya chavayaha. There was a bhakta, I mean Mahabharata, you see the bhakta is vyada. A butcher also was a bhakta of the Lord. There is a whole prakrana of vyada. He gives Upadesha. He was a Brahmagnani, Vyadha. What? He was a butcher. What is his acharanam? What kind of conduct he had? 
he did not have any acceptable conduct Dhruva was just a child what is his age you know and still he also got liberated I mean he also uh, was bhakta of the Lord and he got the, the grace of the Lord Vidya Gajendra you know Gajendra Gajendra Moksha the elephant was liberated by Lord what knowledge did he have he was elephant Kajatir Vidurascha you know Vidura three brothers were there Dhritarashtra, Pandu and Vidura so uh, the two queens were there of Vichitravirya, Ambalika and Ambika. Of them, these two sons were born. And the third son, Vidura, was born of a of a maid servant. So he was Shudra actually. But still, he was Kajati Vidura. So Vidura was a Shudra. Still got liberated. Yadavapatehe Ugrasikim Paurusham. This Ugrasena. What Paurusha did he have? And still, he also got liberated. Kubjayaha Kamaniya Rupa Madhikam. You know Kubja? Very ugly woman, supposedly. Black, dark and ugly woman. And still, Lord Krishna, she became the favorite of Lord Krishna. What Rupa Kamaniya Rupa? What, uh, what Rupa or the beauty did she have? Kim Tat Sudam No Dhanam. You know Sudama? What did he offer to the Lord? Just some Tandula? What well did Sudama have? That means you don't need wealth, you don't need beauty, you don't need vidya, you don't need any qualification. Bhaktya tushyati kevalam nacha gunaihi bhakti priyo madhavaha Madhava is bhakti priya. He is only pleased by bhakti. He don't need any gunas at all. So that is the greatest of the bhakti that everybody is qualified, it will purify everybody and everybody can get liberated. This is being said to Arjuna so, in contrast to what is said in the verse 33, it says here, Kim punar brahmana punyaha Bhakta raja shayastatha Anityamasukham lokam Imam prapya bhajaswamam when all these people can get liberated and Kim Punaha Brahmana, those who are born as Brahmanas, meaning those who are born with pure heart. Rajarshaya, like Arjuna, those who are born as Rajarshis. What to talk of them that they'll be liberated? Therefore, here Arjuna, everybody is qualified for my bhakti. Anityama Sukham Lokam Imum Prapya Bhajaswamam. Arjuna, Bhajaswamam, you worship me. Anityam asukham lokam. Understand that you have attained this human birth which is a very precious birth. And that birth is obtained for worshipping Lord. So that we gain that fulfillment in our life. But Anityam, Lord I will do it at some time. Right now I am young, I will wait. Anityam, you never know when this body will come to an end. It is impermanent, therefore don't wait for future, do it now. No, but let me gain some enjoyment from life. Asukham. There is no pleasure in the life at all. That means this life of human being is not only impermanent, but full of miseries. That being the case, don't try to gain sukha or happiness from the materials because you are not going to get it. The only where, where you can get sukha or happiness is from me, who is your own self. Therefore, anityam asukham lokam prapya. 
and he attained his human birth, which is so precious and nevertheless impermanent as well as full of miseries. So, Lord has deliberately kept unhappiness in our life. Pain is deliberately kept there, so that we remember him, otherwise we would never remember him. This Bada Swami used to tell us, you know, this Lord Narayana, he has, he will Shankha, Chakra, Gada, Padma. Why? With Shankha, with conch, is always inviting us with the sound of conch. But there are so many noises in my mind, you know, with so many desires that I don't hear the sound of the conch. <coughs> And I am blindly chasing the objects of the world. So, I am turning away from the Lord because of the attraction for the worldly pleasures and objects. So, Lord says, hey, he is running away from me. He wants to call me. So, he stretches out his hand with gada. Gives one stroke, just to draw my attention. Thus, whenever we get some strokes in our life, understand that Lord is remembering us. He is trying to tell us something. We, we say that, look at Lord, he's so cruel and he's so, you know, he's punishing. He's not punishing. He's just drawing our attention. The, hey, you're doing something wrong. Perhaps you have to change your direction. And then when we go to him, he uses his chakra to destroy that hankara. Padma, he gives us that knowledge. So this is all that he wants. He wants only our well-being. He is nothing but the, of the embodiment of grace. And therefore, Use his opportunity. Majaswaman. Hey Arjuna, you worship me. Lord, how do I worship you? These last verses. Manmana bhavamad bhaktaha Madhyaji maam namaskuru Mame vaisyasi yuktvayvam Atmanam How do I worship you, Lord? Manmana May you, may you offer your mind to me. That is, may you think about me in your mind. So first of all, use your mind to dwell upon me, to know me. Even paroksha jnana, indirect knowledge, first of all, Use your mind and intellect that I have given you in knowing me. Then you find out how I am. Then when we think about our life and think about God, then we realize how constantly we are enjoying His grace. How is nothing but embodiment of grace and favor. So how I am enjoying the favor, enjoying His grace. How kind, compassionate, benevolent He is. He is Sarvajna, Sarvashaktiman. So know me, know my glories. As we know more and more about the Lord, then automatically a love or the devotion arises in our heart. It, the devotion doesn't seem to be there because I have not paid attention to knowing Him. And therefore, man mana bhava. Here, Juna, try to know me. Listen to my glories. Listen to my glories. Listen to my swarupa, listen to my nature, listen to the unfoldment of myself, the scriptures, listen to that. You will know who I am. And that's how you discover the devotion, love in your heart. Mad bhakta hai. So knowing him also creates bhakti. When I know his glories, when I know his compassion, when I know his grace, then the bhakti, the devotion arises in my heart. When devotion is discovered, madhyaji. 
that I would want to do something because there is love for the Lord, therefore, Madhyadi, perform actions for me also. Actions are performed with an offering to Him. Maam Namaskuru, in this manner, I salute Him, I surrender to Him totally. Maam Eva Ishyasi, so Manmana Bhava, may you offer your mind to me, that is with your mind, may you think of me, give up the thinking of other things. Mad bhakta, become my devotee, become devoted to me, give up devotion for these worldly things. Madhyaji, perform your actions to works, you know, offering to me rather than offering to these limited ends. Maam Namaskuru, salute me, surrender to me, take my refuge, don't seek refuge of anything else. Maam Eva Eshasi, you will indeed reach me alone. Yukta Evam, in this manner, Maam Atmanam Matparayana. You have become matparayana. You have become one for whom I am the ultimate goal. You maamatmanam evesasi yuktva. Thus having totally joined with me, being totally connected to me, or totally abiding in me, you will definitely reach me who is the self of all. You will reach me, the self of all, that is Brahman. You will attain the limitless in your life. You will attain that fulfillment in your life. So this is the chapter on Bhakti Yoga. As we said, this chapter describes Bhagavan, Bhakta and Bhakti. One of the most beautiful chapters in Bhagavad Gita. And with this verse, Lord Krishna concludes the discourse of the ninth chapter. Let us read that Sankara Bhakti. Om Tatsada Iteshrimad Bhagavad Gita Su Upanishatsu Brahma Vidyaya Yoga Shastra Shri Krishna Arjuna Samvade Raja Vidya Raja Guksha Yoga Nama Navamodhyaya In this manner, Srimad Bhagavad Gita. So, Srimad Bhagavad Gita, sung by the Lord, Upanishadsu. This Bhagavad Gita is nothing but Upanishads. In fact, every chapter can be looked upon as an Upanishad. Brahma Vidyayam, the main subject matter being Brahma Vidya, the knowledge of Brahman. Yoga Shastra, and also Yoga Shastra for the preparation for the Brahma Vidya. So, Brahma Vidya and Yoga Shastra are the two subject matters. Brahma Vidya the primary subject matter. Yoga Shastra the secondary subject matter. Shri Krishna Arjuna Samvade, Bhagavad Gita, which is in the form of Samvada of Shri Krishna and Arjuna. Raja Vidya, Raja Guksha That's the nomenclature of the chapter. There is no, because Raja Vidya, Raja Guksha, that's how, you know, this, this second verse starts with that, these words. So, that is the name of this Adhyaya. In fact, it's Bhakti Yoga, where Lord Krishna here described the Bhakti, the glory of His Bhakti, His own glories, the glories of the Bhakti. So, that is the theme of the ninth chapter, Naumodhyaya. Sarva dharman parityajya Mamekam sharanam raja Ahantva sarva pape bhya. Ahantva sarva pape bhya. 